Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, if I could teach you how to be rich, would you do it? Interesting question, huh? The answer is probably 90% of the time, no, you wouldn't. Say, Dell, that's very negative. That's assuming some negative personal problems that I might have that, you know, I can't do what you did. No. Everybody can do what I've done. As many people at Lifestyles have proven they could do it and sometimes even do it better than what I did it. That's not the real problem. The real problem is most of you won't do it. Now, there's many different reasons why you won't. Some of you are just too lazy. Those are easy ones to just throw aside. Some of you don't care. You have no real desire to become financially successful. That means nothing to you. What I'm talking about is those of you out there that want to be financially successful. You want to be rich, and if not rich, at least well enough off you can live the quality of lifestyle you want without getting up and going to work every day, six, seven days a week, 12 hours a day kind of thing. You just want to be successful financially. You want to figure it out, and yet it's so difficult. Now, I'm going to take you one step further down that discussion. There are many of you over 30 years of my teaching, having programs that teach, having other people teach. Over the last 30 years, we've put together a conglomerate of information, totally inclusive of everything you'd need to know to be financially successful. I mean, think about 30 years for 50,000 people experimenting. And with these 50,000 people experimenting on different types of investments, what happens is, is I gave them a basis, some rules to follow, and then they went out, tried to follow those rules. Some people just psychologically could not follow those rules because the rules don't fit in. Just like say, I know you understand the rule that if you eat too much, you're going to be fat. I know the rule if you don't exercise, you're going to be flabby. You know those rules. Someone gave them to you somewhere in life but you don't follow them. Even though you subconsciously know you should, you don't follow them. I think that you realize, if you step back and look at yourself, that there are a lot of things in life you know you're doing wrong, but you do them anyway. And so I find it difficult when people come to me and they say, well, I failed. Something I put in my manual when I teach my course, I say, very early on in the in the whole presentation, I said, please turn your book over and open up the back page and please write this in there. And I have them write in there, I will not do what Dell said to do. And everybody laughs, ah, ha, 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 I just paid to come here what you say to do. And what I'm telling you right there up front is you won't do what I tell you to do. And then I say to them, look, when that happens and you have a failure, financial failure, come back to me, bring your book, and we'll go into the book and we'll figure out the pages you didn't follow. Because it's all there. The rules are all there. 
Now, there's some interesting statements that are in a book that I think if you're going to teach your kids about finances, about wealth, about how to get there, there's two books you should have read yourself and you should read multiple times and probably read to your kids multiple times. One of them is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, probably the best book ever written on what has to do with becoming wealthy. But the second book is much simpler. And I think it's where you should start your kids. And the book is called The Richest Man in Babylon. Now, back in the day, Babylon was the richest state in the country, in the world. And they had what they called money changers. Everybody, all business people back then, they would come to Babylon and they would trade. And so it was some of the smartest and the wealthiest business people in the world who mixed among themselves. And the book has a basis in that within that city, there was one man that was the richest man of all in Babylon. And this money changer, who was a lender, a money lender, basically a bank, an individual personalized bank, had seven rules to live by financially. And if you would live by these seven rules, then you would become successful and wealthy. And by the time you were an old man, would be a money changer and rich. So I want you to read the book. Definitely get the book. If you've never gotten it, it's Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson, George S. Clayson and read the book. Now I'm gonna cover a little bit of stuff in it here, but it's only because I'm gonna use that as a basis to get back to what I teach. Because a lot of what I teach in life is rooted in what I read when I was a kid and when I was growing up and what I internalized. And then it got perfected over 30 years of teaching it to people and watching people mess it up. Now you go, well, what good is messing up? I say, I think there's no good in messing up. People say you're not going to be successful until you failed enough times. I say that's the stupidest thing in the whole world. Vince Lombardi said practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. What I'm saying to you is, if there's 50,000 people that have tried to mess up 50,000 different ways, and I've been able to document all of them and we have them down, why should you try any of the 50,000 ways it didn't work when we have it down to like five things you should do or three things you should do? If you do the three things we tell you to do, you'll be rich. If you leave the other 50,000 mistakes alone, you'll be rich. But if you do any of the other 50,000, you'll be broke or middle class just making it. So why would you do it? Because the ego wants you to. There's something about men that believe that if it's not their own, I say men, we, we call men as in mankind. So let's not get all huffity that we're talking about men instead of women. Mankind has the belief that you're always just a little smarter than the next guy. You can always come up something just a little better than the next guy. Some of us and some of you are that guy. One in a thousand. One Ray Kroc that started McDonald's, right? One Bezos. One guy that started Microsoft. And maybe there's 50 of these really brilliant people, but there's 400 million of us in America. So we're not one of those 50 people. But what we can do is copy the successful things that those 50 people did to be successful. If our ego will just get out of the way and let us copy. The problem is not that copying is illegal. The problem is in school you were taught not to copy. Under the concept they wanted you to try to grow your own intellect and think through the problem yourself, which isn't a bad thing in and of itself. But what they should have taught you was that if you could get five guys in that room, each one of you being an expert in one topic, between the five of you, you could pass every test there is and graduate with straight A's. But you being good at only one subject and bad at four others, you're going to fail out of school. That's the problem. 
Business is a team sport. Making money is a team sport. It's a team process. You have to have expertises in many different fields, and you can't bring them all down yourself. But if you think you can, if you think you're an attorney and a real estate agent and a broker and a builder and a remodeler and an architect, an interior designer, if you think you're all those things, what you're going to find out is that you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. And a master of none leads to a loser of all. Because if you can't do it all right, then it's not going to be right. And you're not going to become wealthy. Now more intel from the files of Del Wamsley. Our economy was growing rapidly and there was no inflation. Now our economy is growing rapidly again, but with massive inflation, which shows you the difference between supply side economics and demand side economics. Demand out there drives people to produce what is necessary and produce it in a functional, profitable way, whereas supply side economics just throws money. Just spend it wherever you want to spend it. Just spend it. As long as you spend it, the economy's going to go up. But the problem is, when you give money to ignorant people to spend, and I call everybody that doesn't know anything about money ignorant about money, they spend it in ignorant ways. And it doesn't improve the economy. It doesn't improve the whole infrastructure. And so, where supply-side people think that money is the solution, it's not. It's properly placed money is the solution. And as you go through this process and you look at this, you can see what's going to happen. Those things that ignorant people want to spend money on are going to become extremely expensive, almost to the point where people can't afford them. And those things where investments should be put, where money should be invested, will be neglected because it would take control, planning, long-term concern to get these types of investments made. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're discussing the concept of laws that control finance and your ability to accumulate wealth. Now, the point here is that there are things that work and things that don't work. In fact, I want to quote a couple of quotes right out of The Richest Man in Babylon, which I think are the basis in a lot of my theory. Now, remember, there are theory about how finances and how, to, how they work and how you should handle your life and your financial life. Then there are rules and beliefs about specific investments. I have both. I have a core level belief system that I obtain from education and other people. That's a core basis. On top of that core, I built another core level, which is the school of hard knocks investment world of what really works and what doesn't. Starting with losing money in the stock market when I was a kid, losing money in limited partnerships when I was a kid, losing money in oil wells when I was a kid. I did all these other things. There were all things that everybody else said to do, and I lost money in almost all of them, varying amounts. So all of these people, almost everybody I know, and knew especially then, everybody I did know, were into conventional investing. 
and conventional investing didn't retire any of them. Not one single person have I ever met who retired because they made it big in the stock market. Now, I've met people that made a lot of money, very, very high-paying jobs, who put a lot of money in the stock market and ended up being able to retire with a lot of money in the stock market. In fact, there's a saying out there. It's a, I don't remember who coined this saying first, but the fastest way to make a million dollars is to take two million and put it in the stock market and let it go down to a million. Now, think about that. That's a joke, huh? Or is it? So, I want to go back to this richest man in Babylon and read you just a couple of paragraphs, just a couple of quotes that are basis for my financial beliefs. Number one, the laws of money are like the laws of gravity, assured and unchanged. Now, think about this. The guys that became mega millionaires during the 1890s, the 1920s, all there when the master, super huge, mega money barons, Rockefellers and Carnegie and DuPont, and these were the guys. And they were all from 1880, 90 to 1920, 30. That was their heyday. These people made money the same way people are making money today. It's no different. The laws that applied then are different now, but the rules that applied then are exactly the same. Massive accumulations of wealth happen only one way. Now, you can derivative that and say, well, some of people get inherited. And you know what the truth is to that. There's a saying for that, too. If that money is accumulated and massive wealth is accumulated, it usually happens within the first generation. It's enjoyed and sometimes magnified in the second generation but it's almost always eliminated during the third generation. Almost always. In fact, I think the way the saying goes, first generation makes it, second generation enjoys it, third generation squanders it, is kind of the statement that I've heard. But other than that, we're talking about first generation money that you make. Now, some kids might go out and learn from their parents how to be entrepreneurs, and then they go make their own first-generation money, and it's not really because of the parents. And some second-generation kids have a good start because dad hands them like Trump. Dad handed him $4 million. Here's your graduation present, $4 million. Go build a building somewhere. Don't hate Trump for that. I wish I had a father made $4 million, but my dad had not ever figured it out. But what I'm trying to get across to you is, as we discuss the rules of wealth today, understand... They are unchangeable, and they are assuredly correct and stay correct. Now, the next paragraph I'd like to read to you is, get out of the book, is money is plentiful for those who understand the simple laws of making money. What you don't understand is as hard as it is for you to get any money, to work hard, to earn some money, money is actually simple once you understand the rules. I uh, saw the Democrats coming into power pretty early on. I could see that Trump had said so many stupid things and done so many stupid things, although I think he was great for our economy. Don't get me wrong. By the way, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. If I'm anything, I'm a libertarian, but I've never voted for a libertarian, so I don't even know how I could claim that. But the reality is, is that I think he did some good stuff for our economy. Our economy was better off than it had ever been. Democrats would never admit that. But I think Trump said some really stupid stuff and did some stupid stuff that made him look like a 12-year-old kid. And I think that's why he got voted out. They voted him out on his personality, not on his results. But I saw it coming. I could see there's no way he'd get reelected. And so 
I started worrying about the Democrats taxing the pejeebers out of us. And I figured, okay, if they raise my taxes, I'm going to take home less money. So I better insulate myself from that. So what do I do? In the last six months, I went out and bought six more businesses and doubled the size of one of my businesses, all in toll to increase my income roughly between $55,000 and $65,000 a month. Now, I want you to listen to that carefully. And I'm not saying this to impress you. I'm saying this to impress upon you. In my level of financial situation, I can control my leverage and leverage my income to go up fifty dollars to $60,000 a month in just a six-month period of time. A month. Not a year, fifty to sixty thousand more a month, all cash flow, and all taxable. By the way, to some extent, minus the depreciation that protects some of that income because of depreciation because there were real estate investments. But other than depreciation, there will be taxation to some extent on this stuff. And the reality is, it it's more money, and I'll pay more taxes. But the bottom line, when I'm done paying more taxes on that money and more taxes on the other money, I'll still have more money. So what do you do? You lay down and cry because the Democrats got into control? No. Do you sit there and roll over and let them mess with what you're doing? No. You just use the rules. And the rules said, okay, during times of higher taxation and massive inflation, which I think the Democrats are going to create massive inflation, what do I want to own during massive inflation? You want to own more assets. Why do you want to own more assets? Because assets are going to double and triple in value. So I want some. No, I want more because they're going to double and triple in value. Because the Democrats are going to do that, not the Republicans. The Democrats, because of all the money they put to it. Dell will be back in a moment. But first, this intel from the files of Dell Wamsley. From the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics shows the largest month-to-month increase in almost nine years. Meanwhile, the price of lumber just continued to shoot even higher. In New Jersey, one man says the total cost of lumber used to build his new home will reach $70,000. Double what it would have cost just a year ago. If you can't build a new home, maybe you can buy an older home. Except that house prices have gone nuts. Northern California, one house recently sold for more than a million dollars over list price. And in Berkeley, another house sold over a million dollars over list price. And in the Bay Area, while the Berkeley sale was particularly sensational, it sold for double its list price and received 29 offers. These individual stories are becoming more common in today's real estate market, according to recent data, anecdotes from real estate professionals. So what do we got, folks? We've got houses that the median price in 2009, 2008, was $152,000 in Houston. Median price is now $342,000. Take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Talk 137. Conventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing basically the laws that govern success in the financial realm of your life. And I brought up a book called Richest Man in Babylon. I've been quoting a few quotes out of it. And what I'm basically trying to show you is the core level of understanding that I have or belief systems that I have about finances. And then I was going to build on top of that if we get enough time to get into it today. May have to carry some of this over to another day, but let's go on and pick it back up where we're at. I've said basically, for those of you who are just tuning in, I want you not to miss this. Number one, the laws of money are like the laws of gravity, assured and unchangeable. Number two, money is plentiful for those who understand the simple laws of making money. 
And then I gave my example of, hey, look, here's the way I made a lot more money just a very quick period of time simply because I understood how to do it. Number three, it's simple to say, but many people never achieve a serious measure of wealth because they never seek it. They never truly seek it, focus on it, or commit to it. That is so true, it's unbelievable. I mean, I committed to losing weight, I lost weight. I committed to being a powerlifter, I became a powerlifter. I committed to being a bodybuilder, I became a bodybuilder. I committed to getting ahead at my job, I moved up in my job. I committed to being an investor, I became an investor. I committed to being a mentor, I became a mentor. What is it in life that you believe in and commit to? And if you have no money, I'll be very willing to bet that you do not believe in and or commit to making money. It's just not important to you. Either you don't believe it can be done or you believe you can't do it. You know, in other words, you say it really can't be done. It's all a scam. Only rich people get rich. Or you believe that, well, I'm too dumb. I'm too old. I love this. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too old to get rich. I'm too young to get rich. I'm too smart to leave my job and go waste my time being an entrepreneur. I'm too dumb to be able to start a company. Now, do you understand? I hear all this stuff. I'm too white. I'm too black. I'm too brown. Whatever that means, you figure it out. All of these things nowadays, everything is an excuse to not go out there and become financially free. And the fact that you can do it, but don't focus on doing it, is why you don't have it. Number four, you must constantly have an income that keeps your purse full. And herein lies the beginning of some of the theories that I've built up and expanded upon, one of which is it's all about the cash flow. What allows you to retire? Cash flow. What allows you to live? Cash flow. Why do you get up and go to work every day? Cash flow. If your boss said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you work for me for 60 years, and when you're 60, I'm going to give you a million dollars. You wouldn't do it. You go to work every day because you get cash flow, but yet you do some stupid thing in your investments, like stick it in a 401k and hope it becomes worth more. Or stick it in an IRA and hope it becomes worth more. Or buy yourself a big expensive home and hope it becomes worth more. You have all these things your money are in right now. We can think of 10 of them. You've got it in a college fund for your kid, hoping it ends up being worth more. 401ks, IRAs, you've got every kind of stupid investment in the world out there, hoping it becomes worth more. But nothing to give you more money today. Nothing to give you more money. I got a check sitting in there from one of my passive deals that I'm in, one of my real estate deals I'm in. It's $9,800 sitting there. I got, haven't got down the bank to cash yet. That's one month's worth of income. One month. Many of you would love to make $9,800, but that's just one of so many different businesses that I own. And how did I get those businesses? One at a time, one house at a time, one house, two house, three house, four. Then I bought a duplex and then four more. Nice little tune, huh? And then I bought a 10 unit and a 20 and a 30 and then a 40 and then a 60 and an 80. That's how I did it. There's my song. That's my story. One at a time. Boom, 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 boom. Each time a little smarter, a little wiser. Each time a little better off financially and able to buy a little bigger, a little larger, a few more units, more profitable, better deal, newer deal. And now it's like, hey, I'm 64 years old. It's 35 years later. And you wonder why I'm financially successful. And yet I tell you in the last six months, I did it again and again and again and again and again, six more times. And you say, but why are you financially successful? And I say, well, why aren't you financially successful? Why haven't you bought a house this month? Why haven't you bought six houses this year? Why not? What are you doing? 
Now, the richest man in Babylon comes along and says there's really six rules, or seven. I'm sorry, it's seven rules. And I'm not going to go through the whole seven rules and set the whole book. I just want you to hear some of these rules. Number one, start your purse to fattening. What does that mean? He first starts out with what I would call the Dave Ramsey's theory. Dave Ramsey's theory is you need to get out of debt and save your money. In this book, Richest Man in Babylon, he talks about this concept. It was first time I ever heard it was in this book. It was pay yourself first. Now, Dave Ramsey uses that material, and that's kind of the basis of his situation, pay yourself first. But it came out of Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. And it says, basically, take 10% of everything you earn and put it in your pocket. Put it in the bank. Now, live off the other 90%. And the reality is, if, I tell people all the time, if you didn't have that 10%, you'd still live off the other 90. They say, but I need all of it. No, you don't. I actually did it to myself at 50%. I said, take 50% of everything I earn, put it in the bank, and live off the other 50. Well, that means you have to live dirt clod poor. Ah, there's the answer. You're not willing to do that. But then each month, each year, as I made more money, my 50% or more was better. And you know, in no time at all, I was back up to living the same lifestyle everybody else was, except the difference was I had lots of money in the bank because I paid myself first. George Clawson, richest man in Babylon, not Dave Ramsey. Although Dave does a good job at this rule one, and he's very good at explaining rule one in many different aspects of your life. It's rule one. First thing is start saving. Number two, stop spending. Many, many people cannot stop spending. I had a guy who used to work for me. He's now a self-help guru guy out there on the radio, too. And he came to me one day and he said, Dell, you know, the problem is the reason I won't buy any real estate, I won't do anything positive, and won't save any money is because every time I ever make money, I spend it and I go broke. And so I'm afraid of making money. I don't want to save any money because if I save it, I'll just lose it. So my idea is spend it on what I want to spend it on so at least I get to have what I want. I had no argument. <laughs> I mean, if that's the way you feel about life, you know, that kind of belief system is going to lead to failure. And so you can't really fall for that. Being a spender, having bad credit, being broke, overspending, driving a Ferrari when you can't afford a Ferrari, that's all ego stuff. You're way, way ahead of yourself financially. So that's all part of make money, save money, right? Then the next rule is make your gold multiply, invest wisely, guard thy treasures from loss and avoid investment. Here's my rule number one, never lose money. Now, to be able to live by rule number one, you have to live by a whole bunch of other rules. Never losing money is not, I wish upon the star, I'll never lose money. Wishing upon the star doesn't do it. Never losing money means I'll never invest where I give my money blindly to someone else and they blindly do what they want with it and I just sit back and get hosed. No, I don't give my money to other people anymore. I tried giving my money to other people and what happened? I lost it. Didn't matter what kind of investment was, I lost it. And Clayson talks about it in here. He says, don't give your money to a bricklayer to invest your money. He doesn't know how to invest money. Don't give your money to all these guys that don't have money. I went to a seminar early on in my days where they were talking about the elephant in the mouse. I said, what should happen is the people that don't have any money or willing to work hard should get the people that have money to give them money and then go work hard for the people that have money. And I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. People that don't have any money should give their money to people who have money because they know how to have money and they know how to make more money. And hence, what would happen is they would learn how to have wealth like the rich people. But by giving all your money to poor people who don't know what to do with it, giving it to the bricklayer, you end up losing it because they don't know what to do with it. So don't just go follow around with poor people that think they know how to invest money. 
Now Intel from the files of Dell Wamsley. If it's too expensive for people to buy homes, why don't we just build more of them? Well, we can't because of this massive inflation. The cost of lumber has gone up almost 100%. Now, you got to think about what this is doing to housing everywhere. People can't afford housing because of inflation. And what does Biden do? He throws another $6 billion into the fire. Yeah, there's $6 trillion sitting out there on the sidelines waiting to get shoved into our economy. Not it's already in there. It's waiting to get shoved in there. So we've already got 4.3% inflation. Now, what will we end up with? We're going to end up right back with Jimmy Carter's days. 10, 11, 12, 15% inflation. Three, four, five dollars for a gallon of gas. Easily. Especially since you have Biden shutting down the production levels of gas. Where we're going to have to buy from OPEC again. Look, if you're a Democrat, I understand. I get your situation. You believe that social justice is more important than financial common sense. I get that. That is your position. I have no problem with that. I'm kind of a social liberal myself. I think things should be fair, but not at the cost of destroying the basis of economic common sense. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about the rules that I've lived by when I'm investing and that I teach people to live by when they're investing. And I also have circled into the book, Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson, about the basic fundamental rules of money and that money and wealth are controlled by natural law, just like gravity, that cannot be beaten. There is an old story out there, and I can't tell it very well because I'm not a military guy, but there was a USS Mississippi was sailing in the ocean and off to the left one night when it's pitch black at night, they, the captain saw a light and he said, signal man, signal that boat over there on the left over there to get out of our way. And the guy got up there with this, you know, his flashy, flashy thing to flash a, a message to the light. And he said, hey, uh, you know, stand aside, stand aside, whatever it was. I think it's something like pull a port or something, whatever the military thing is, the water thing is, I don't know. But uh, the light flashes back to the no you stand aside. And the guy says, uh, the captain gets mad and he says, look, signal that guy back that we are the USS Mississippi, the most powerful ship in the sea and that you better stand aside and uh, they flash that off to the light and the light flashes back i am a lighthouse you better stand aside <laughs> so you know it doesn't matter how egotistical you are how bad you think you are you can't break the laws of nature you can break yourself upon the laws of nature but you can't break the laws of nature and there are laws of nature that have to do with finances so I put out this law, number one rule, never lose money. 
So that means don't ever give your money away to someone that doesn't know what they're doing with the stock market and everybody else. You have no control of that deal at all. You have no idea what that deal's about. You don't even understand the business you're investing in. You have no knowledge of what your money's doing or not doing correctly. Don't invest in that. You know, Warren Buffett said, if you can't understand the product, don't buy the business. And so our product is so simple. It's housing, single family houses and apartment complexes. Now, that's pretty simple. Why is that so simple? Because people have to have a place to live. And I've told people forever for 30 years now, I've said, look, as soon as they figure out how to zoom people up into the sky and you can just sleep, you know, just like your data can stay in the cloud, as soon as we can sleep in the cloud, I'm out of the real estate business because there's no laws that are going to control it. The laws have changed. But the laws today say you've got to sleep on the ground somewhere. You need some real estate. And as long as that's true, whether there's COVID or no COVID or whatever, our buildings were full. COVID didn't empty our buildings out. No. The only thing COVID did was show us how weak our government is, intellectually, psychologically, business ethic-wise, law-wise. They said, hey, we're just going to make it so you can't evict people because they didn't want all those COVID people out on the street. Didn't hurt us at all. Very few people didn't pay their rent. Wasn't a problem. Some people had a hard time paying rent. We made arrangements for them. We set up payment plans for them. We took care of it. But the bottom line is 98% of our units were full. Now, some places they went down lower, I think down into the low 90s, 89, 90, something like that. But they're still there. None of these businesses are gone. They're not gone, except one that I know of. So, well, why do you know of a couple that are gone? Well, let me explain to you one of the things. One of the things I've told people for years is don't buy into things that do not fit the picture. Red house has to rent. Apartment has to rent. What doesn't have to rent? Travel and entertainment. So all these people have travel and entertainment places. Nobody's traveling. I didn't lose anything. I I didn't own any. I had one guy who decided to go out here and get an extended stay place. Not doesn't fit what we do at all. Not at all. Was told not to do it. He wanted to do it anyway. I can't stop people from doing things. So he goes out and does it and boom. COVID comes, there's no extended stay, nobody's going anywhere. Boom, he loses it. There's other extenuating circumstances. I'm only pointing one point. If you would not have gone against what Dell says and not bought something that Dell says not to buy, he wouldn't have had a problem. Let's go to the other one, student housing. Tell people don't buy student housing. Why? Because kids can come and go. They don't need to be there. They're transient. They're destructive. They could all leave. They could shut the school down. You have no control. It's not housing. It's temporary housing. Hotels, motels, and holiday inns. Student housing and extended stay. Those are not real estate investments in my mind. Those are businesses that exist as a service. And when the service is not needed, the business goes away. Rule one, do what Dell says. That's rule one. But no. You say, well, Dell can't be that smart to know everything. No. Dell's not that smart. Dell is just smart enough to know that he doesn't know everything. That's why after 35 years of doing this, 50,000 people trying to do it wrong, I know what sometimes doesn't work. And I don't want to take on something that sometimes doesn't work because rule one is don't lose money. So don't do it. But you do. And that's why sometimes you lose money. 
Rule one is don't do that. But you do. Rule two is you must have cash flow. And many, many people reach retirement and can't survive because they don't have cash flow. <sighs> Simple rule. Every dime you have should be in something earning you cash flow. 90% of it, at least. And if it's not, your money's doing nothing. You're earning nothing. And you are what you are. Middle class, poor, or broke. Now, from the files of Dell Wamsley. What happens when the value of real estate goes up? Number one, it's more expensive to buy. So now you have a larger note. How do they get around that? They went to lower and lower interest rates. Eventually, the interest rates couldn't go any lower, so they eliminate paying principal on the note. So now people are paying interest-only notes, so there's no reduction in principal. But it doesn't really matter, whereas before everybody thought, I gotta pay something off. Nobody thinks about paying anything off anymore. What happens now is the value of the property doubles in a year or two. And so you're at 50% equity now. Even though you were, if you're going in now at about 60% debt, maybe 70% debt, and 30 to 40% down, a year from now, if the thing doubles, your debt's down to 30%. So what do you do to get your money out? You refinance and pull it out, tax-free, or you sell it and take the capital gains. Remember, folks, we don't do this for a pile of money. We do this for a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation.